Hey everybody, this is Brother Frank and welcome to another episode of the Remnant Call. And tonight I am so excited because I'm going to be bringing back on Brother David Murray. And I'll tell you what, for the season that we are in, the chaos of this world, we have to remember, and folks, this is not something I'm just saying to you. I'm preaching to myself right now. Um, I love David Murray and, and and not only as a brother, also as a counselor to me, folks, we, we all have um, people we need to talk to. And in this moment in earth's history, we need to know who we are in Jesus. And I'm telling you, if, if that's the one thing you can't get right, good luck. You can know all the end time theology in the world. If you don't know who you are, in Jesus and your value and the promises that they are faithful and true, you will struggle. But if you can gather that information and bring it into a life journey and a belief of knowing that your God is faithful, I'm telling you, it will change your life. Uh, And brother David Murray knows and understands this well. And I've asked him uh, to come back on. Uh, He doesn't need to be asked. He's welcome anytime on this show. And so with that, I'm actually going to bring brother David on here with us tonight. And we're going to get started with some prayer. David, uh, are you here with me? I am Frank. It's an honor and thank you. It's great to be back on brother. Glad to have you. Um, You're not just a guest, you're a friend, uh, the kind of friend that would, will be there whenever I need you. And I thank you for that. I I can't, there's not much more I could ask for. Um, So thank you. God bless you. And listen, brother, you have, uh, you've helped me through the years. Every time I, I thought I had this thing walking in Jesus down pat uh, here comes brother David Murray to (laughs) help me look a little deeper and what a blessing that's been. What a blessing, brother, to understand some of my own uh, identity issues through the years and that journey to find out and not to only find out who I am in Christ, but to truly live it. And folks, it sounds so trivial. You're like, Brother Frank, how can you not know and understand these folks? I thought I knew and understood a whole lot until the Lord revealed some stuff to me several years ago, listening to David Murray. I'm about to put my, you know, my wreck my lawnmower. Um, when the Lord finally broke through and shared with me some real issues that I had, um, David wasn't speaking to me, but he was speaking to me through the Lord. And then that opened up the door for the Lord to finally break through and be able to give me a clear understanding of some very serious things I needed to deal with, with pride, um, and the love of men's praises, which I didn't think I had a problem with. And uh, so on through there. So that has been very important. And it's not only important, folks, it will free you. Oh, my, it will free you from the bondage that so often we don't even see that's there, mostly from our childhood, 
or the way we were raised, even with churches and things like that. So brother, thank you for that. I know that was a long introduction, but Hey, you know what? That's my feeling. And I appreciate you coming on here tonight with us, David. And I know the Lord has a message been you know burned in your heart. Um, but I'm going to ask right now that we could open up with prayer and, uh, David, I mentioned this to you beforehand and folks, I want to mention it to the remnant call audience. I have a very special friend. Her name is Mary. And I don't very often, I had you all praying for my cousin, David, which God bless you. Thank you. Uh, I hope to get him on remnant call one day because it's, it's going to be testimony time. Um, what we did growing up and, and his victories and what God's doing through him and this journey, I can't wait to get him on to share. It's powerful. But um, my friend, Mary, she is in desperate need of prayer. I can't even express to you how desperate it is right now. And so I'm asking that you could pray that the Lord would release her from any fear, any things that have come from her childhood uh, through this season that she's in right now, that she could find that peace from the Lord. And I can't go much deeper into that, but I would appreciate it from the bottom of my heart that you would pray for Mary. Um, she's a dear friend of the family and desperately needs it. So brother, I'm going to ask that you can open up a prayer and then we'll finally get into the show tonight. Thank you, Frank. Absolutely. And, and, Father God, we dedicate this time to you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that, that as you, your word says that you desire but nothing to, to, but to do what you see Father doing in heaven, that we reflect that in our hearts and that this message tonight would reflect that and reflect your heart. And with that, Lord, we do lift up Mary to you. Lord, we speak your resurrection life into every part of her spirit, soul, and body. You are intimately aware with every root and everything that's going on. Lord, I thank you for divine appointments taking place. I know Frank and I have said that already you know, off the air, and I just, it just, I just continue to speak the power of what your words are speaking in heaven, Father, toward your daughter, that divine appointments taking place and we bring it to pass father god Amen. on Amen. earth as your will is in heaven thank you for every chain being broken i thank you for the truth indeed setting mary free her bloodline and all that are grafted in to her family I thank you for that. We say yes and amen. We thank you for deliverance on every front coming forthwith in her life to set her free from every pain and fear and bondage, Lord. Amen. Father, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you, Lord, that anything that is not of you falls to the ground. I thank you that your words ring true, that your words are what are heard as we share tonight, as we get into your word for this hour. Lord, that each and every brother and sister hears what Holy Spirit wants to speak to each one in this hour. I give this time to you. I just give all things to you and love for my brothers and sisters. We just turn our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 
Well, brother, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I'm going to turn it over because uh, it's been a long time since you shared uh, on this show. And uh, I know you've got some things on your heart and uh, you needed to take some time uh, yourself for a while. But um, I'm thankful that the Lord has allowed you to come back onto the remnant call and just God bless you for that. So, brother, it's yours. Uh, Share with us what's on your heart. Thank you, Frank. And again, I am honored. It is it is a joy. You know, and I, I don't say that in any cliche. I know I, I probably say that every time I come on, but that's the way I feel. It is such an honor for the body of Christ to minister to one another. And uh, it just really is a blessing for us in the varied forms that we can get together to minister to one another. And, and I, I'm just honored to be able to share some things that I know. I know because... because um, I just know what father is doing and what father uh, a, a small pieces of what father wants to do through this message. And, and so I'm honored to bring it forth. And so having said that it, it has been, it's been about a year and, and, and father has just, um, you know, pulled me back into a quiet place. I call the caves of Adulam. You know, he, he really called me deep in with him and did a lot of construction and reconstruction and, and iron sharpens iron. And Frank, you are such a blessing to me. Um, in, in every way imaginable as well. So thank you for, for the ways you've honored me. And that is just so mutual. It is an honor to be your friend, your brother, an honor to speak into your life and an honor to have you be able to speak into mine. And in this past year, so much brothers and sisters that have gone on, right? There's, there's been so much confusion, uh, anger, fear, doubt, disappointments on so many levels. And the Lord really pulled me back um, into this quiet place with him this season. And he said, David, I just want you to, I want you to listen. I want you to listen and to observe. And so th there's a lot of things that, that and, and Lord willing and, 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 you know, I am looking forward to sharing some more things around my heart. There's, we have entered, I've, I've talked about, um, in past recordings, I've talked about on, on my blog that, that we've entered into a new epic. We are in a new epic. There are things that were permissible in Father's heart, and he ministered out of his permissive will for the body of Christ that are behind us now. They are no longer acceptable. They're no longer in sync. They are out of joint. Uh, Jacob was allowed to wrestle with Jesus, and there came a point where that wrestling uh, was no longer acceptable. And that's where the body of Christ is in many ways. We have been touched by the Lord and we are out of joint in some areas. And so I want to talk about, I want to talk about the, the, the times we're in, the epic that we're in. Uh, you know, there's, there's been a recall of John the Baptist and Elijah's that were meant to go forth and to speak. They weren't given platforms to speak. They've, they're being recalled. They're going back into hiding for a season to come. Uh, the, there's, there's a rise of the Bonhoeffers. There are going to be those moving uh, under the spirit of Bonhoeffer that are going to humble the church. Many of these people will, will not even be believers, but they will be, they will be speaking what the church is afraid to speak on. Uh, they're already, they're already beginning to be out there and we've seen them. There's increased influence that is taking place and will continue to take place for the brothers and sisters that are willing to step out in love and boldness without compromise. And, and so these are all some of the things that, that, Father has on my heart to share, but I'm not going to talk about any of those things tonight. Uh, and Frank, the reason why I'm not going to talk about any of them, and, and, and I've, I've shared this with you, and, and 
it, it's because before we can hear any of that, and, and when I went before the Lord and I shared, I said, Lord, what is, what is the message right now for this hour right now? And he said, David, we, we can't talk about anything, anything that's on my heart until my church knows how to walk in my heart. And so brothers and sisters, what, what that means is, right? Amos 3.3 3 says, can two walk the same path unless they are agreed? We cannot understand and comprehend from our spirit being what is taking place in the spirit realm to accomplish the will of our father's spiritual kingdom. If we as spiritual beings redeemed through the blood of the lamb that have the Holy Spirit inside of us are not walking with our minds in agreement with his kingdom truths. I know that was a mouthful and thank God for recordings. I'll say it again this way. We cannot understand and comprehend what father is doing until we understand who we are in him. And so the message for tonight is, are we living that resurrected life? What does that even mean? What does the resurrected life even look like? Uh, what does it even mean? And, and that's going to be broken down tonight into two points. Because to live the resurrection, something has to first die. So there's two parts to this. What does it mean to be crucified in Christ? And then part two, what does it mean to be resurrected and live the resurrected life in Christ? So we'll start with what does it mean to be crucified with Christ? It, it means we have entered into the baptism and we know the word baptism means complete immersion, complete immersion. We have entered into the immersion of death with Jesus Christ. We'll talk about that. And the second is that we died to the old man. Scriptures say we died to the old man. Now, here's the question to ask us for us to set the stage to really understand this, to really understand Father's heart, his written word, his spoken word. And the question I want to ask us to meditate on is the word of God states we were already dead. Ephesians 2.4 says we were dead in our trespasses. We were dead to God. Romans 3.23 said the wages of sin or death. We've all sinned before we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord, as our Savior, as the atonement for us, right? Colossians 2.13, it goes on and on. We were already dead in our sins and trespasses. So if we were already dead, why does the Bible say we have died with Christ? Isn't that funny? We've stopped to think about that. We don't, we don't talk about that very much. If we were already dead to him, how could we have entered into crucifixion, immersion, baptism in Christ, in death? Galatians 2.20 says we were crucified with him. The scriptures also say in Romans 6 that we have been, we, so well, I'll read it. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized 
in Christ Jesus have been baptized, or remember that word baptized means immersion, have been immersed into his death, Romans 6, 3. So again, to step back here for a second, brothers and sisters, it is vital for us to properly, rightly divide the word of God. There is a wrong way to divide the word of God. The scriptures say we are to rightly divide the word of God. For us to do that, we need to increase our understanding of Father's kingdom. We have to embrace that it's real. We have to truly begin to frame in, in the gateway of our mind, in our soul, where we access, where we see him, where we learn to develop our spiritual senses, that the kingdom of God has laws, it has principles, it has buildings, it has streets, sky, water, trees. The word of God talks about all this. We're going to a place as spiritual beings, we're going to a spiritual kingdom that exists. And the more that we can understand that kingdom, the more that we can understand the God who created that kingdom that rules and reigns and who he is, the more easy it is for us to walk in his heart and his mind and flow with what he's doing in any given season. Romans 8, 7 says, well, it, it begins to explain what died if we were already dead. That's key. We were already dead in our sins. So how did we die again? And what died in Christ? Excuse me. Because Romans 8, 7. Because the mind of the flesh is hostility toward God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor can it ever be. Colossians 2.20, since you died with Christ to the elemental principal forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? So these two scriptures, Romans 8.7 and Colossians 2.20, are saying two things. The mind of the flesh is hostility toward God. Now, here's the funny thing. A little side note. I won't get distracted by it. It does not say the flesh is hostility toward God. Right? That's Gnosticism. That's where the, the ancient Greek false religion out of Christianity came from. It's called Gnosticism. Everything of this world is, um, is evil. The carnal world is evil. Scriptures don't say that. He created us. He created us perfect. He redeemed us perfectly. It says the mind of the flesh is hostility toward God, and it can never be conformed. And Colossians 2.20, since you die with Christ, you die to the spiritual forces of this world. We are not to submit to its rules. So the answer is we died, one, to the old man. We died to the carnal mind. And the second is we died to the dominion of Satan, the spiritual forces that govern this world. We died to both of those things. And I want to read, and I'm going to read this again later on, but I want to sum up 2 Corinthians 10.5. Takes both of those principles and sums it up in one scripture verse. For the weapons, or 2 Corinthians 10.4 and 5, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, meaning earthly, of the natural realm, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience 
of Christ. So two things, we died to that old man. And because of that, that old man's lies, that with the dominion, we were under the dominion of spiritual forces of this world. We died to the dominion of those spiritual forces and we died to that old man that was in bondage to those lies. That's why here 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says the spiritual battle is won by taking every thought and making it obedience to the truth of Jesus Christ. So the question is, David, that's too simple. Why do we, if that really happened, if we died to this old mind, if we died to the forces of this world, why do we struggle with anger, unforgiveness? Why are so many Christians filled with hate and want to see the lost that we all once were, that the scriptures say, while we were haters of God, he died for us. And again and again and again, how it talks about God loved us when we hated him. Why are so many of us have such anger and hatred, so afraid? Why do we struggle with some bondages? Well, the answer is because we died to that carnal mind. We died to the dominion of that old man positionally. The cross was a legal transaction. It's not a relational transaction. And this is what I mean by that. Relational has to do with how we relate to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, when Jesus died on the cross, he did not impart to us instantly a new way of relating to him. What he imparted to us was a legal transaction. Colossians 2.14 says, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Jesus performed a legal transactions. 1 John 2, 2 says he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Every time where we read about what Jesus did on the cross. And in the New Testament, it is summed up. All of the terms that are used are Greek terms used in Greek courts of law, every one. They are judicial terms that the Greek-speaking culture used to discuss matters of legal issues on this earth. That was the same language and terms that the first century apostles used and that Jesus used when he spoke of the cross. So what we have to do is we have to accept the relational transaction that is offered to us. Before we can talk about and understand how we can live the resurrected life, we have to first understand what took place. What took place is he legally canceled our sin and our debt. When we accept that reality, the Bible says we enter into the old man, the old mind. Our dominion and bondage to Satan was legally canceled. We were made a new creature in him. We are raised up in Christ. So the next question is, 
what does it mean to live the resurrected life? What does it, what we were, when we were resurrected, okay, if we died to this old mind that the Bible says can never conform to, to God, we'll never submit to its laws. If we've been set free from the dominion of Satan, well, what are we raised up into? So Romans 6, 3 says, are you ignorant that all of you who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him through baptism un unto death, that like Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we also might walk in newness of life. So what is this new life? What is it that, that we're partaking of that we can enjoy? Well, what we can partake of and enjoy is that when we died, when our old nature and that sin was nailed to the cross, God's word says he made us righteous, holy, blameless, and sanctified. The word righteous, again, legal transaction, it means to be complete justice. It's the Greek word diaksuni. It means being in the source of the author and divine. To be declared righteous means we, have, we are seen as having the same divine nature as God. We are declared just. The ledges are complete. The word holy, the Greek word hagios, it means set apart for and by God. It means to be unlike any other. It means to be in likeness of nature with the Lord, to be different of the world, okay? Holiness means to be in the same likeness and nature of the Lord. Blameless, the Greek word amonos, means to be without fault, without blemish. It's to be free from blame, as a victim without spot or blemish, free from faultness, means to be unblameable. And the last one, sanctified, also the Greek root word, hagioso. And it's, it's sanctified and holy have the same Greek word, same Greek root. It means to be set apart and to be pure. Okay? Why are all those so important? Why does that matter? Well, for one thing, it's because the body of Christ has continued to walk in the lies that we died to. And those lies say that we have to earn God's love, righteousness, holiness, divine favor, and approval. Those are lies. The scriptures do not say that. If we had to earn holiness, that means the cross wasn't enough. And that's a lie. That's blasphemy. Doesn't please God, doesn't honor God. Walking in the new life means to understand, not relationally. That's our choice. We can choose to relate to anyone however we want. And for many of us, we probably don't have to take too long to think that there are people that relate to us that might be crazy. Right? How many times we think we say, well, I'm my cousin this or uncle that or aunt this or this neighbor here. They, they think I'm X, Y, Z. They're just, they're crazy. I can't, I, I can't relate to them. That's relationships. That's a choice. When we were immersed or baptized into Jesus' death, 
we died to that old man, the old nature, the old laws, the spiritual bondage. We were raised up complete in Christ, which means we're being given unconditional acceptance, intimacy, peace. We have the power and nature of God living inside of us and are told we are seen by Father God as having his divine nature. So when he sees us, we look just like him. It means to reign with God, to rule as conquerors. The Bible says we are present tense, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. A person that is seen as not righteous cannot sit in, in heavenly places. The reason why the scriptures say we can come boldly before the throne of grace, why? Why can we come before the presence of God and not burn up instantly? Because he declared us righteous, holy, blameless, 1 Corinthians 6, 11, but you were, past tense, you were washed, you were sanctified, which means to be made in the same image of God. You were justified, which means to be found without fault in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of God. Romans 5, 1, having been declared righteous then by faith, what's the faith? Because we accept Jesus did it for us. We have peace toward God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 1, 20, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, meaning Jesus, and that through him, Jesus, to reconcile back to himself, back to Father God, all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his shed blood on the cross. And here's one of my favorite ones. It's absolutely one of my favorite ones. Hebrews 10, 14. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Now talk about if we don't understand the kingdom and the nature of God, what would seem like a contradiction. That word perfect forever means finished, complete, to be put an end to it. By one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. That word holy means to be conformed into his image. So what we're seeing right here is the legal transaction. He positionally, when he looks at us, he sees us perfect. And he continues to see us perfect while he works out his relationship with us. As our relationship gets worked out, how we look in our relationship continues to transform into his image. I'm going to read it one more time. Hebrews 10, 40, 10, 14. For by one sacrifice, he made perfect forever those who are being made holy. And that word perfect, which I love, is the same Greek root word as John 19.30, when Jesus said, it is finished. What was finished? The atonement, the work, the completion of everything from Adam, every covenant, every time and epic in man's history that led up to the final redemptive act of the cross, everything from the garden that was set in motion was finally, thousands of years later, completed. 
we can once again draw close to God. We can once again walk with him. We can once again stand blameless as Adam and Eve did before the fall. We can once again embrace him without any spot or blemish, with no condemnation. Brothers and sisters, we cannot earn that. That was done by the cross. Jesus said it is finished. And it's the same word that Hebrews 10, 14 picks back up and says he has forever finished. He has forever finished all his children that have received him, even in the process of changing us into his image. Brothers and sisters, the resurrected life, we're going to sum up because I didn't want this even to be a long message because I want it to be simple. The word of God, his truths are simple. We complicate them through our own shame and the lies that we, we walk in, in ignorance. And sometimes in just rebellion, sometimes we'll read the word of God and it says, God loves us. Well, we yet hated him. He loves us. Uh, we'll go through these scripture verses. Uh, my blog, uh, Lord led me years ago to put on my uh, website, dwmurray.com, the scriptures to wash our minds again and again, all the places where these scriptures tell us he, he gave us his righteousness. We died to that old man. That's not us anymore. We died to the old mind. We're not meant to be living by Satan's lies anymore, which says what others think of us how well we perform as Christians, how successful we are, how well our brothers and sisters think for us, what strangers think of us. All these things are what determine your work worth or lack of worth. That's a performance-based belief system. That's the carnal mind. It's hostile to God. And when we're walking in that mind, that mind, that thinking will never please God. We're fully pleasing. He made us fully pleasing the sight, the scriptures say, right? We quoted just half a dozen. There's dozens and dozens and dozens. Every book talks about it. But until we embrace that gift, we will always turn to that hostile mind. We will always reject the truth and the resurrected life. The resurrected life is we're in his divine nature. We're complete in him. We can have intimacy with him. We can be partakers of his glory on this earth. Isn't it funny? Uh, well, I, I, I find it, I find it um, interesting that those that talk the most about making sure we have to perform for God, I don't see them moving in the resurrection power that Jesus walked in. I don't see miracles, the gifts of the spirit, word of knowledge, miraculous signs and wonders, the cleansing of lepers, words of accurate, true prophecy that set people free from, from sin and bondage and lies. I, I have yet to meet personally a person who is so bound with shame and thinking they have to earn God's love, move in those things because we're not walking in the resurrected life in them. See, the church has gotten used to saying, oh, we're baptized into his death. 
Oh, I've been, yeah, that's, I have to enter into God's death. We have to enter into his death, enter into his death. No, we already did it. That's past tense. It's done. It was done the moment we accepted him as our righteousness, which many people don't realize that's what took place. We don't realize to be saved from the wages of sin, to be saved from the consuming fire of hell, the wages of sin is death. The reason why we are saved from that is because he gave us righteousness. So we, we will accept salvation, but we reject the thing that gives us salvation. We reject his righteousness. We walk in that old mind and the lies and the bondage and the shame. And some of us are just better adapted to doing it. We can present very well. I mean, for many years growing up as a young adult, I presented very well. I, have, I, I was blessed with the ability to do that. Charismatic person. Uh, I, I understood how to read people. I use uh, some talents and giftings God given me for my own self-preservation. And so, you know, I just look perfect. But God sees our hurts. God sees what we truly believe. He understands whether or not we're really walking in the new covenant. And above all these things, why did God do this? Above all this, what is the resurrected life? It's love. Above all these things, the resurrected life, what we were raised up with Christ into, that the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He died because we condemned him. And he forgave us in that time while we were sinners and yet hated him. The joy set before him that allowed him to stay steadfast, emptied of his deity on the earth. The joy was intimacy. He looked forward through time and saw my children are coming back to me. My children will once again walk in the cool of the day with me. My creation will one day accept that I am a good dad, not a wrathful dad, not an angry dad, not a psychotic deity, but they will once again enjoy what Adam and Eve walked in, that Jesus said it is finished. It's Amen. finished. Amen. Enter into the resurrected life. And brothers and sisters, that is the clarion call going out that we, unless we embrace that to the degree that we do or don't embrace it, will be to the degree that we stay fractured and angry and fearful and just praying for his return, not because of anything that has to do with his heart, but just because we're so angry, we just want out of here. We're so afraid we just want out of here. Don't worry about the lost. Who cares? They go to hell. They deserve it. They deserve it. Like we don't. Like like we like we didn't. Mm. Amen. That's true. And so just to just to finish this up and encourage us to some truths, right? The new covenant gives us the resurrection gives us the choice now, something we never had before we entered into his burial. 
when we died to the old man and we were raised up by the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us now, we are given the ability to enter into the mind of Christ. Every aspect of his nature is now available. We have the divine nature in us. It is our belief system that acts as the gatekeeper of how much of that resurrected life we walk in. And that has to be taken by force. It's a choice. Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We read uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 already. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. James 1, 8, a double-minded literally means two-souled, to be walking in the carnal mind, which is hostile to God, and to attempt to walk on the other part with the mind of Christ, to be two-souled. It's impossible to please him. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways and should not expect to receive anything from the Lord because the Lord withholds it? No, because the, that dead, dark thinking, there's no kingdom life in it. God cannot partner with lies. It's a violation of his nature. That's why he had to make us holy. But we have to choose if we're going to think in truth, if we're going to live in that truth, if we're going to accept it moment by moment, every encounter with strangers, with our coworkers at the gas station, when we read something online, when we read a Facebook or social media post that pushes our button, what am I believing right now? What does my self-worth have to do with this encounter right now? Am I believing that what makes me special is I am unconditionally loved and adored and complete and holy and sanctified and blameless and righteous in the eyes of my Father and Savior? Or will I dig up the old man that I said I was baptized into that death. Are we going to dig him up and drag around him and walk with that old man in our beliefs? Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks within himself, so he is. 2 Corinthians 4, 13. We have believed, therefore we have spoken. We will act and say according to what we truly believe. And we, we mentioned Amos 3, 3 earlier on. Two cannot walk the same path if we're not agreed. Brothers and sisters, the hour is late. There are things Father is doing. And if we don't stop trying to relate to him through thinking we need to earn his love or that our love is earned or that our self-worth is earned by how others treat us, others see us, whether others esteem us, or how outwardly perfect I can attempt to be. And Frank, you said it beautifully off the air earlier on, as if God, we can make God indebted to us. Well, Lord, I acted really, really holy today, like the Pharisees did, right? The Pharisees obviously got it right, right? <laughs> I don't get it. Think about it, brothers and sisters. We're outwardly trying to be perfect. That's what the Pharisees did. The whole religious system that Jesus tore down, and we're trying to replicate it. It's insanity because it's the, mind, it's, it's the carnal mind that, that continues to try to attack us, that say, no, 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 David, you need to find your identity. You won't be set free. You will stay in my lies. 
You will need to earn love and approval and validation, and you will do it by the sweat of your brow. And we have been delivered from that positionally through the cross, brothers and sisters. We have positionally been set free from that. Amen. David, can I say one thing? Because this is really on my heart about this. Um, In Matthew 25, when the Lord separates the sheep and the goats and the one left and the right, those that were doing his works, they had no idea. They said, Lord, when did we visit thee? Or when did we feed thee? Or when did he clothe thee? They were actually doing God's works with no expectation from God. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. They were yeah. not doing it with some expectation of being recognized or some expectation that, that because they've done it had somehow earned them something, but because they had a relationship with the Lord, they naturally did the things that God wanted them to. And so when God says, Hey, you were doing all this, they're like, what are you talking about? We, when did we do that? Yeah. I, I think it's the ultimate example yeah, of true works. Yeah. Because they don't, there's nothing you do that comes with any expectation that God must. There's no validation. We're not yeah. looking to be validated. We're not doing it out of uh, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's well said, Frank. Anyways. Yeah. Thanks. No, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's it. And, and <laughs> toward that end, uh, family. Uh, this is what father is doing in this hour. He is once again, giving us an opportunity to put down our swords and plow the garden of our heart and stop looking to the lies and the things we need to start asking ourselves. So what's the actionable here? (laughs) What's the blueprint? What do we do? We need to be an asking Holy spirit. What is motivating me? What is motivating my emotions? What am I truly believing about myself, about you? Am I looking to try to validate myself in any way? Because the old man under the dominion of Satan says you earn self-worth. The resurrection says, I have given you children. I have given you all worth. You are complete with me. You are complete in me. Now walk in that love and power and truth. Walk with me. Walk the same path. Be agreed with me on that truth that I may walk with you intimately on the same path. And so many So many brothers and sisters are crying out this hour. I don't feel God. I don't perceive him. I don't understand what's going on because we're not walking his path of identity for us. We're rejecting it. We're choosing to try to find things of this world to validate ourselves, either like Pharisees and earning something as if he owes us. He has to pay back. Well, I'll give you love and favor because I owe you. That's what that's really saying. You, 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 you acted holy. Well, I guess I owe you I'll, and I'll pay you with love. Blasphemy. I don't know how else to say that. It's blasphemy. Those thoughts are hostile to God. They can never be conformed. That old man cannot be 
changed. We are given a new man, a new identity, and our soul has to begin choosing to walk in that moment by moment. In the beginning, it's a grind, brothers and sisters. It's a grind. Taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Oh man, what lie was I believing right then and there? That stranger cut me off or, or flipped me the finger or was rude or just was snippy. Why did Lord, did I just flare up inside? What pushed my button? Well, David, are you believing that your worth comes from this person? Well, Lord, I feel shame. I feel condemned. I'm just falling short. Well, David, are you believing? Are you believing that twisted, unworthy angel that I threw from my presence millennia ago? Are you believing his lies that say you have to earn my love? Is that what my word says? Are you twisting? Are you wrongly dividing the scriptures to justify your own hurt? Yeah, Lord, I am. Well, David, knock it off. I love you fully. Get back into my word and start confessing over yourself that you are fully loved and pleasing by me. Now, from that newness of life, now spend some time with me. Let me show you some things in the kingdom. First time, the first time the Lord ever interacted with me directly and he, and he spoke to me and he took his fingers and he touched my mouth, that burning, that burning holiness of his love. I wanted to run from it. And yet I didn't want to go anywhere at the same time where it says we have been, we entered into his sufferings. He loves us. If we don't feel the love that he feels and suffers for his unreconciled children, then it means let's spend more time with him. Let's get to know him more in that area. There's nothing like it. There's nothing on the earth like just sitting wherever you are at any moment and saying, man, Lord, this really pushed my button. Let me just sit and open up my awareness of what is inside me and around me always. And in that moment, you'll feel the flood like a blanket upon you of the presence of the kingdom. That's not hyperbole. That is available to each and every one of us. And in the beginning, it's work. Because Satan will never stop trying to get us to dig up that dead man. But the resurrection life is walking in the reality of how much he loves us. How special we are in his eyes. We can't earn that. We can't make him owe us love. So, Brother Frank, thank you again for the honor and the privilege of just, uh, just coming on and sharing. Lord willing, I would love, I would love. It's a burning on my heart. It's been a season, a year of, of being very quiet before the Lord. I would love to begin talking about some of the things he is doing and for us to continue to come into sync and join together in prayer in one family and agree with him. Brothers and sisters, we can't do that to the degree that we're moving and living by that carnal mind. And that's why there's so much anger and confusion that we call prophecy going on in the church today. 
And a lot of it is just a bunch of nonsense. And here's a true way. If you want to test how prophetic something is, where is the great commission in that message? Or is, it, is, it, is it enough that oh, I'm saved? I, I, I received that, the gift of righteousness. I, so that, that's all that matters. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> so praise God. There's no condemnation in any of this, brothers and sisters. There's, there's, it's, this, is, this is love. If it pushes buttons, <laughs> uh, never heard that before from anyone that I've shared something. It's good because his truth sets us free. Wherever we are moving by lies, right? Remember, and this would be encouraging, when something rubs us, right? That carnal mind, the dead man, will never accept God's word. So when we hear his goodness, we hear his love, a word rightly divided, and it's rubbing us, it's time to command in Jesus' name, I am a new creation. I'm a new creature in Christ. I am complete and holy and blameless in him. If you don't know the scriptures, get into them. If you want cheat notes, you can go to dwmurray.com. They're loaded throughout every one of those blogs. There's a section with, ju- a section with just scriptures on it. It's not my words. It's the word of God. Because the truth sets us free. The resurrected life is what he began to set in motion the moment Adam and Eve fell. And it is now finished. We get to choose. So, Frank, thank you as always. Brothers Amen. and sisters, I love you. I love the church. I love the lost um, more than I really can convey. And my heart's desire is to just offer, point the way to the Father's heart and to the door to his throne room. And the way to do it is we must transform our thinking and accept his goodness. Amen. Amen. Amen, folks. I, I couldn't agree more with David. Um, I, I um, am aware of the situation of the world at large, and sometimes that can cause us, including me, I'll put myself in there first and foremost, to try to push our own agendas in order to, I would say, uh, set our own destiny. I had been pushing hard on trying to make something happen. Um, and uh, thank God for brother David bringing me a stern, good word to remind me to back off and let God do the choosing and the direction. And I have not felt the best thing that's happened, David, is me backing off, backing up and saying, okay, Lord, you do what you want to do. Um, obviously what I'm doing is not working out very well, uh, because it's causing me angst. It's causing me, um, you know, an uneasiness an uncomfortableness, but trying to solve the issues of the world I was moving forward in my own fleshly plans and brothers and sisters. um, I can tell you from a lifetime of making fleshly decisions throughout points in my life. 
I've never had them turn out well. So I began to say, you know what, Lord, I'm done. So now things have been taking place. I have an ease, brother David, about it. I'm not worried anymore. I'm not all consumed by it. And, um, you know, it's God's desire now to, to do what he wants to do and not me. And I couldn't thank you more uh, for that. Uh, what we talked about the other week. Um, God bless you for that. And folks, do I still believe we are living in very dangerous times? Absolutely. But you know what? It doesn't matter if you're in Jesus. If the Lord is truly running your life, it does not matter. Amen. It doesn't matter if you live downtown Manhattan, New York. If that's where God wants you to be, you better be there. But if the Lord tells you to get out, then you better get out. But as David said, if you don't stop all the noise for a moment and get to know what's on our Heavenly Father's heart, then you're just listening to the mind of the flesh. And we just learned tonight from the scripture, the mind of the flesh, uh, it's the enemy of God. It's not going to lead you in the right direction. It's going to fight against God's will. And fear and panic cause the mind of the flesh to speak frequently and to think very out loud in the head. And it, it drives what we do. And we got to put that, we got to make a choice, as David was saying, that we are not, we're going to surrender this to the Lord. And, and folks, here's the thing. God's shoulders are very large. Okay, so when I first came back to the, after I talked to David the other week and realized I was trying to take um, some direction in certain things in my life by my own hands, I had to stop and surrender it. But you know what, folks, the first thing I had to say is, Lord, I don't even trust my own heart right now. I'm asking you to take the surrender and complete it for me. And you know what? God's big enough that he can handle these things. We don't have to act like we have this super, uh, if, we're, if we're struggling in a place, we can tell God about the struggle, no matter how it may sound or whatever. The Lord already knows, Frank, hey, I know your heart, I, I know. You need me to complete this for you because in your flesh, you're not going to give it over. You're going to try to take it back. And so I have to say, Lord, I need you to now do what I cannot do. I need you to complete it for me. I'm taking it and removing it from my authority and my desire, and I'm handing it over to you and allowing it to come under your will and your authority. David, I know sometimes people struggle, but God, God already knows. I don't know why we try to hide things from him. It just doesn't make any sense. And sometimes I even don't even realize it, but it's like I'm trying to run my own party and the Lord's sitting up there like, uh, are you going to stop ever? I mean, how long is this going to go on for? And uh, I can relate. <laughs> I'm so thankful. He's so merciful. You know what I mean? Yeah, when we don't even deserve it. He's still merciful. And he's just waiting patiently. And folks, the Bible says when he sees the son coming home, he doesn't just sit around and wait for you to get there. He takes off running. 
he takes off running the prodigal. When he saw the prodigal coming, he didn't sit idle and just wait for him to get home. He said he took off running. That's a love that's so hard to comprehend in this modern day. But it is the love that the father has to give. And David, thank you for sharing that and reminding us tonight um, of this God's desire, brother. And uh, folks, please keep up with David, dwmurray.com, correct? Yes, yes, correct, yes. Yeah, redirects you to .net or vice versa or something anyways. I or, or I, I, But yes, dwmurray.com is the right one to get there. And followed what David's doing. We're going to have him back on the remnant call because this was like step one. Unfortunately, sometimes in our lives, we have to almost come back to and have a little bit of milk again, <laughs> get, get back to the basics, you know? And, I can relate. Um, I can yeah. relate. So thank you so much, brother. God bless you. Thank you all for listening in. Uh, we will be back soon again and keep praying, please, for Sister Mary and uh, David and, and, and my cousin David, David Murray, Brother Benjamin, uh, all you all in the Remnant Call family. We are family. Listen, there's going to be a Remnant Call one day in the kingdom, okay? And don't worry, we won't need any of this sound equipment or anything, but my desire is that we have the ultimate remnant call, and you know who the guest of honor is going to be? The Lord. And he can run the show all by himself. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. God bless you, brother. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Honor. Thank you, Frank. See you all soon. Amen. This is Brother Frank and Brother David. Murray on the Remnant Call saying to everybody good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, sounded on the mountain, the trumpet in